Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive health supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious Lolly Focus Pops or Lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Welcome to The Art of Charm. I'm Jordan Harbinger. The Art of Charm brings together the best coaches in the industry to teach you guys how to crush it in life, love, and at work. Imagine having a mix of experienced mentors teaching you their expertise, packing decades of research, testing, and tough lessons into a concise curriculum. We've created one of the premier men's lifestyle programs available anywhere, and it's free. This is the show we wish we had a decade ago. This show is about you, and we're here to help you become the best man you can be in every area of your life. Make sure to stay up to date with everything going on here and get some killer free ebooks as well as drills and exercises that'll help you become more charismatic and confident by signing up for the newsletter at theartofcharm.com. If you're new to the show but you want to know more about what we teach here at The Art of Charm, listen to the toolbox at theartofcharmpodcast.com slash toolbox. That's where you'll get the fundamentals of dating and attraction such as body language, eye contact, vocal tonality, all that stuff that's more important than you might think. We've got boot camps running every single month here in California. Details at theartofcharm.com, and I'm looking forward to meeting all of you guys here at The Art of Charm. Enjoy. So how did you, you're, you're the men's coach. That's one of the, that's what you're, that's what you're known as yeah. right now. So what does that mean to you? I mean, how did, well, let's back up the truck. How did you get into this? Um, yeah, so I've, um, I've always been that, that guy that people talk to when they have problems, just even from... In, in high school and in college and when I worked, people would just mm. ask me problems because I, um, I, I was a big nerd. Well, I still am a big nerd. And I, um, I got into like the whole like self-help leadership space pretty, pretty early. And at a pretty young age, I sort of took on that belief of like, why not be awesome at everything? <laughs> you know, it's like, sure. I, like I, I am the creator of the movie script of my life. So I, I just kind of pushed a, a lot of edges and naturally found myself in like a, um, a leader coach role. And, um, I had a corporate job doing human resources and then, um, my, my mom passed away about two and a half years ago. Okay. And, uh, and for me that was, that was like the big, like wake up call of like, damn, like what am I doing with my life? And, uh, sitting at some like corporate, corporate job, job, just bored, mailing it in, mm-hmm. maybe mailing it in and not really getting anything out of it. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, so for me, the next moves were to leave my job, sell everything I own, start traveling full time, um, and then doing stuff that I love, which for me was like coaching and mentoring. Mm-hmm. So I, uh, I took a year off and just did a bunch of volunteer work, a bunch of traveling, did like hundreds of hours of pro bono coaching, um, really started my business at the beginning of two, of, uh, 2013. And when I did, I looked at the marketplace and I looked at like what, what segments are not being served. And, um, it was, it was men, like there's really in terms yep. of, of coaching, um, there's a lot of like great stuff around like, you know, attraction and like all the work that you do with men, but right. just in terms of like holistic life coaching, like no one was really 
kind of like stepping up and serving men. There's so. a lot of weird stuff yeah. for guys. <laughs> that's like, no, no, it's cool that you're naked and we film it. And then, and I'm not even exaggerating. You know what I'm talking about, right? Yeah. That program where like they film this whole thing and it's supposed to be primal, but you're just naked the whole time. That's, that's weird. Maybe I'm being judgy, but there's some weird stuff for guys that even if that's effective, the average guy is going to look at that and be like, I don't think so. There's no like entry level yeah. or even just normal level stuff. There's only like super woo and then like pickup artist and then the art of charm falls somewhere in like the, I guess, sort of pseudo holistic. And then, but other than that, there's, it's a pretty empty space. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm glad you said that. Cause I've, I've been having this discussion with, with people a lot. Like, I think there's, there's like the spiritual world and then there's the material world. Like, and and I think people sometimes separate those and there's like the weird spiritual people who like wear robes and have long hair right. and like they look down upon the people who like make money and yeah. who thrive at business. And then the people who crush it in business are like, oh, those spiritual guys are weirdos. But I've, I've met people who like, they're not mutually exclusive paths. And sure. I think a lot of like the most successful entrepreneurs I know, like they're really grounded in their spiritual practice, um, which is something that, that, that I try to be like my, one of my, like it, it sounds silly and. And I, and I even hate the term because it triggers me a lot, but one of my friends was like, Mike, you're kind of like an enlightened bro. Like, like you're not <laughs> <laughs> bro lightened. <Yeah. laughs> They're like, you're like, you're still a normal dude, but mm. like you have this deep spiritual practice. And like, that's something that I want to be like, I want to be accessible to all guys and yeah. not, and not just go totally off the deep end into something kind of weird. Yeah. And, and not that I have anything against weird coaching and stuff. Like I, I'll do pretty much anything. I mean, my last vacation was North Korea. Nobody thinks that's normal, right? So, like, that stuff, I'm all about it. But I think sometimes it's – I live in San Francisco now, so sometimes it's almost like a contest between how weird you can make your shit so that people are like, oh, yeah, you only did the one where they were filming you naked? Dude, there's this one where they're filming you naked, but you're on a mountain in the Himalayas, bro, and you're like, oh, I'm not cool anymore because I didn't do that one. So it's almost like – it is as spiritual as it might be. It's almost like they're just one upping each other with the latest and greatest, like, Oh, trendy self-help thing. And there's a lot of guys who start off and they're looking for some sort of truth or some sort of stability, but really it comes from like, I, I tell me what you think about this. I think a lot of guys are seeking spiritual stuff now because they don't have a secure foundation. And it's almost like, well, I could handle all this weird shit that's going wrong on the home front with, my health, wealth, career, but I'm going to say that that's all in order for now and then go on this higher level spiritual journey. But really it's like, no, you're just in Thailand at a monastery. It doesn't mean you're foregoing all this other stuff. You're just, it's, it's just another form of escapism for a lot of guys. And one of the things we focus on at the Art of Charm is getting all that other stuff in order. And a lot of guys go on to do spiritual stuff and a lot of guys go on to go, just be normal family men and do whatever they want or start a business it's more foundational. And I think, I mean, what do you think? Cause you go to a lot of these retreats and stuff, I would assume, and you get a lot of training. You must meet a lot of guys where you go, wow, that guy's really cool. And then you must meet a lot of guys where you go, wow, that guy's really lost. And we're just all in the same room. Yeah, man, I was, um, yeah, I, I love how just direct you are too. It's like, I, I was talking to a friend recently, um, about monks and I think a lot of people think like, man, being a monk is really hard and it's so incredible. Like they just, 
like they they give up booze and women and everything and they just like meditate all day and i was like no it's like to me it seems kind of like a cop-out like yeah <laughs> <laughs> like they're not doing any of the yeah. hard stuff in life and i love to just kick it in a robe and just yeah. like meditate all day and have food fed to me sure um so i i totally agree like um people people will pay thousands of dollars to go to personal development conferences but then like at the first opportunity to like actually do some work in their life like in their career or their relationship they'll they'll back out of it yeah so so for me it's like i go to a lot of conferences and i've actually been at a you know i've done some weird stuff where i'm standing naked in front of a bunch of people but um but oh, you I, look like you're in decent shape it's a different experience <laughs> for you than for me maybe i don't know <laughs> um but but i like i think my greatest like personal development conference or retreat like is my life like and i mm -hmm. show up to my life and like dive headfirst into like really courageous conversations with my partner or handling stuff in my business instead mm -hmm. of just not. And right. And like, there's, there's so many guys who just like crush it in life, like without having to go to this stuff, granted this stuff works. And you know, a lot of the programs that I've gone to and um, I love that I'm even doing an interview with you. I, I listened to your stuff like years ago with my brother, we listened to it on the road trip and awesome. And it, it helped the both of us tremendously. Um, but you know, like instead of always going to some sort of outside source or going to a retreat, just, just show up in your life. And yeah. Like, yeah. It's show tough. Up, you show up to your wife or show up to your job, like as a leader and do the work. Uh, and it can be really tough to do that. That's one of those easier said than done type of situations I would assume. Um, uh, because a lot of guys that'll say come through AOC are like, I want to do that but they have no roadmap for it. So there's a lot of practical skills. That's where my directness comes in. We make people do stuff, implement really practical skill sets to do it with. We stay totally away from spirituality at AOC, not because I don't believe in it. I mean, you've heard me rant on woo-woo stuff here and there, but not because I don't believe in it, but mostly just because it's not our area of competence. And also I feel like it comes after you get your other stuff together in a lot of ways or at the same time. But I don't know. I'm very wary, especially having lived in L.A. for the last four years of trying to be some sort of spiritual center of anything, because living in Hollywood, there, I, I'm surrounded by Scientology. There's a lot of guys that are doing this like manly energy work and all this stuff. And, and when you get down to it, if you really if you hear those guys talking offline, some of it is just straight up scammy bullshit. And it's disappointing because it's really like you're just taking advantage of guys that like the most sensitive direct level where they're really counting on you to lead them in the right way. And you're going, what else can I upsell? Oh, how about masculine yin to woman's yang? Let's have a week long retreat and charge 10 grand for it. And it's only for couples because people who were couples decided they didn't need our other products because they already had a significant other. And it's like, now you're just attacking a different market segment. So it's, it's always nice to see, especially a younger Person, like, how old are you, if you don't mind me asking? Um, I'm 32. Okay, 32. Yeah. Younger dude. I, I mean, I'm 34, so we're still young. Yeah, still got uh, it. Totally. You know, it's cool to see that because there's so many guys who are doing the spiritual thing and they're a little bit older, but a lot of that is kind of born out of a lot of mistakes and a lot of experience, which not necessarily a bad thing, but also not necessarily a good thing because I'm just questioning when I, when I hear them talk about stuff, I'm just questioning, are you really that enlightened or are you just a really good escapist that turned it into a business? Does that make sense? Yeah, totally. But anyway, we don't have to whine and cry about that stuff. 
I want to hear about this road trip. I mean, you traveled 12,000 miles across the U.S., which is not, by the way, 12,000 miles long, just for, just for the geography majors in the audience here. And you did volunteer work the whole time. That's pretty awesome. I mean, how did one, how did that come about and, and what was that all about? Um, yeah, so I'm just, so since, since my mom passed away, I'm just like really big on living life and like mm-hmm. just even the concept of like die empty. Like I want to, I want to give everything that I have and like every present moment, like I'm, I'm showing up right now for the interview. Like all of my awareness is focused on this interview. When I, when I hang out with friends, like everything is, you know, it's like when I'm talking to a girl at a bar, it's like, she's the most important person in the world at mm-hmm. that moment. Um, so I'm just, I'm just really into just the idea of like, I'm just going to show up just, just completely show up in every moment. And, uh, I, I, I wrote this blog, um, I think December of like 2011, like six months after my mom passed away. And I started asking a lot of people this question, like, what, what would you do if you won the lottery? Like, what would you do if money wasn't an issue? Cause honestly I was just sad and I had just quit my job and I had like no idea what the next path was, but I just wanted to do stuff that makes me happy. And, and as I had these conversations with like my like girlfriend's dad and blog readers, the, the same three themes kept coming up and it was travel, um, volunteer and spend time with family. So my brother and I just kind of came up with this idea of what if we just drove all over America and did like the great American road trip meets the Peace Corps. And, and we called it, um, a summer to serve. And mm-hmm. we got some funding through Indiegogo and we blogged about it and made videos and just had this like kind of incredible adventure together as, as brothers. And he's 12 years younger than me. So like we really haven't spent that much time together growing up. And it was just like, just the most amazing experience ever. And why didn't you spend that much time with your brother growing up? Um, cause, cause when, um, when I was born, like I was an only child till he was 12. So when I was, 12, you were like, dude, <laughs> you're so you're cramping my style right now, man. I've been getting away with a lot of stuff. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> so when I, yeah, like when I graduated high school, he was graduating kindergarten. Oh, when I, yeah. So, Cause you guys seem close when we had dinner the other day. Well, mm-hmm. a long time ago now, actually, now that I think about it, you and him were like two peas in a pod. Yeah. You bonded a lot on this trip. Yeah. 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 Now we're, I mean, we're super close. We, we spent three months together, 24 hours a day and, um, yeah. And just, and got along the whole time. Yeah. I was going to say that two things can happen when that, when you're in those circumstances, you come out going, well, I'm really glad that we didn't spend any more time together growing up. Cause that guy's annoying <laughs> or you become even closer. Cause yeah, you can trapped in a car with somebody and traveling with somebody. It's, it's, uh, something we advise at AOC and on this show all the time is, Oh, you got a new girlfriend? Go travel with her sooner. No, yeah, it's a big step. Do it. Go away for a weekend, even if it's just a road trip. Do it two, three months in because you'll find out if she's a high-maintenance crazy person, you'll know real fast. And then once you do that, you can graduate to an international trip or something like that. If you guys fight the whole time, might be a good indication because traveling brings about a lot of stress. It brings out different sides of people they don't normally show at home. They're out of their routines. It's a really good way, sort of as a side note, to test a re- any relationship, especially one with a significant other. Because you can, you can really, people don't have, they can't put on their makeup every morning, both proverbially and, uh, and, and literally. They can't do that. And anytime you're tested, you know, and you're running around China and things don't go well and you're stuck in a train station overnight, you'll find out what both of you are made of, especially within that relationship. So you really enjoyed that trip with your brother, got a lot out of it, bonded really well with your brother. 
Um, why, let me back up a little bit. Why was it that your mother's death hit you so hard? I mean, it seems obvious that any time you lose your mom, it's going to be tough. You were younger, but your brother was really young. Did you and him have similar reactions? And if, if not, what was, what was the, what do you think the reason was for the difference? Um, yeah, I mean, it, it hit me really hard cause it was totally unexpected. Like she just kind of passed away in her sleep and, um, yeah, it was, it was the first, like it was the first time that I like experienced or tasted death like ever in my life. So I had a pretty good run. Like I, I made it to 30. That's, that. <laughs> that's a long time. You've yeah. never had any classmates that died. No, no friends got hit by no. a car or anything yeah, nothing. like that. I nothing. mean, I had, I had, I had grandparents who passed away, but it they, seems so natural, they right? lived in Florida and mm. Japan. So I, I was never really that close. Um, so for me it was, it was so like, so jolting and it just like woke me up out of that kind of like that sleepwalking state that I think a lot of us are just that we're in until we experience a big loss or like until something happens and and then just literally life was never the same because I I I realized that oh wow like people die and I realized that this life isn't a dress rehearsal and then I started to really ask those questions that I think people start to ask on their deathbed of like like how do I want to show up and like you know, when I'm 80, will I feel like I, like I gave it my all or like, will I feel like I, like I lived a full life. And at the time it was just absolutely, you know, absolutely not. So now one of the reasons I asked you why coaching was important to you and, and you said it matters because as women are rising up and stepping into their power, men are being left behind. Do you see your coaching as part of a greater movement, a greater men's movement? Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, definitely. I, um, I'm all for powerful women and I like, I only date powerful women and I have a lot of powerful women that are my friends. Um, but, um, just women have been just doing so much work and, you know, like Oprah is like the personal development channel now and there's, you know, most coaches are women and there's all these like support groups and women's circles and conferences for emerging female leaders. And for guys, like there's, there's really nothing. There's brobible.com and (laughs) Maxim. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So (laughs) I mean, yeah, but it's, I, I laugh, but it's, it's true. Like there's, there's really there's very few resources. There's, I mean, your guys's podcast, like I know triple near has a podcast that I like and there's, yeah. but in, in general, there's just very few resources, um, on, and, and like, what does it even mean to be a man? Like, like, what does that mean? And, um, we don't know because our gender roles are changing and nobody's writing the new scripts. Yeah. So our I have, role models are all either ridiculous in one way or totally soft in the other. And they're not accurate for what we can follow. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I, I'm just, I'm really committed to the work cause I know for me, so like my story is I, you know, I was a senior in high school and I had never kissed a girl and like every, like any experience with women was terrifying. And right. for most of my twenties, I just like partied and drank and played video games. Cause I was like, I don't know, like I didn't know what to do. And I, and <laughs> sounds I, like a party <laughs> and, um, Halo three and, uh, and, and just even, even just like the, like the core tenants of like, like my core tenants are just integrity. It's like speaking your truth and, Mm -hmm. and growth. Like always just like pushing yourself every day, like acting in the face of fear and, um, emotional intimacy, like being, being able to cry and being able to express emotions. Like that's a huge one. Cause as most men, like it's beaten out of us, like on the playground or like when we're boys or 
maybe our dads say like, you know, don't, I'll give you something to cry about. Yeah, or, yeah that's my, it's one of my favorite lines from my dad, you know, yeah. I'll give you something to cry about. And now when I'm upset about anything, even if it's totally legit, I lost my host mother when I was an exchange student in Germany a long time ago. Um, she recently passed away and I was so upset. And I remember being like really, really down about it and telling my parents about it. And they were just as upset. And I remember thinking I shouldn't be crying because it's, my dad wouldn't like it. My dad was, he was crying, you know, yeah. but it's just, yeah, you get programmed really young not to whine about little things, but we don't realize that we're not supposed to cry about those little things maybe because our dads want us to be tough and not get beat up. But that doesn't mean you should sh shove all your emotions into a box. And since our parents are so inequipped, our father figures are so inequipped to deal with our emotions, we, they just kind of treat it as this awkward occurrence that they should maybe not deal with. So you're sitting there crying and upset. And your dad's like, I'm going to be in the other room watching football when you're done with whatever's happening right here. Mm -hmm. So, And I think dads do that with, with daughters as well. But it's easier to comfort a daughter who's upset because you just do what you would have done with your wife. Whereas when your son's doing it, you're just kind of like, do I encourage this? What do I do with this? How do I handle this? Does he have a right to be upset? Why am I feeling awkward? Why is this triggering my own insecurities? So you're right. I think it is it is removed from us. It seems like a really tricky thing to get back in touch with emotion, though, as a guy. We're kind of stumbling blind. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And um, so I, I pretty much now, like at the point where, where, where I'm at, like if, if I feel an emotion, I pretty much experience it right away. Like I'll just, I'll just cry, get it done, and then be gone. Because I, I don't want to carry any kind of like emotional blockages in my body like I did for all of my life. And uh, my, my life coach training program was like pretty much just like nine months of crying. <laughs> it, was, it was, I mean, but like in a, in a really good way, it was just like going into old stories and old like pain and trauma and, and stuff that I had like literally been carrying with me all my life. And, and afterwards I just felt really light and free all the time. And, um, but I, I think the, the danger of it though, is when, when men think, Oh, like I just, I need to be more emotional. And then and they like come to their wife or their partner with like every emotional need and they like almost like dump all over them and and then their partner feels like like their mom or their therapist so yeah. it's not sexy takes a total <laughs> toll on the relationship at that point yeah you should be able to share everything with your wife but you do have to bear in mind that like she needs you to be stable as well yeah so it's it's a really um it's a tricky it's a tricky balance there's there's kind of a duality in it just like there is in in everything right some sure. some guys like some guys do need to be more softer and they need to open up their heart and then other guys just need to like grow a pair and yeah. like, and, just, yeah. <laughs> and just have a spine so so like anything that I ever say it's like you know this isn't the absolute truth of it like I'm telling you this because this is what you need as a man but you know like you know everything there's a there's a range and and there's an art to to everything. Over the last 17 years, we have launched our fair share of online courses, coaching programs, and finding the right platform has always been a challenge. They say if you do what you love, you never work a day in your life. But if you're an entrepreneur, you know the hard work that comes with it. That's why you need Kajabi. Kajabi makes it easy to run your entire online business from one platform so you can focus on what you love, creating. Kajabi is the ultimate all-in-one platform that helps creators and entrepreneurs build successful online businesses by unlocking predictable recurring revenue. No matter your niche, 
Kajabi makes it easy to turn your skills, passions, and experiences into enriching online courses, exclusive membership sites, subscription podcasts, thriving communities, personalized coaching, and more. The best part? Kajabi doesn't cut into your revenue because everything is owned and controlled by you. So keep 100% of what you earn. And with Kajabi, you also get robust analytics, easy payment options, email marketing tools, and customizable website templates all built in. You don't even need a huge audience to make sustainable income. There are thousands of creators on Kajabi making six and seven figures with less than 50,000 followers. Right now, Kajabi is offering a free 30-day trial to start your business if you go to kajabi.com slash charm. That's K-A-J-A-B-I dot com slash charm. Go to kajabi.com slash charm and join the creators and entrepreneurs who have made over $7 billion. Johnny, we know if you listen to the show, you are driven. In fact, we're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data. And a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to recent Indeed survey. We have hired a lot of team members over the last 17 years. Going through endless resumes, well, that's a time sink. But you know what else is a time sink? Interviewing endless people because they're all gonna give you the best face forward. That's why we love Indeed, leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every single day. Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at indeed.com slash charm. Just go to indeed.com slash charm right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash charm. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. All right, let's get back to the show. Um, but yeah, on the, on the emotional piece, you know, I'll tell guys that yeah, you do want to like share things with your partner, but also like have a therapist or a coach or a men's group or just a handful of guys who can really hold space for you. Sure. Um, what does that mean? Hold space. That's yeah. one of those terms that normally I would never <laughs> let anybody get away with on the show. Cool. So you got to awesome. define it. Yeah. So, so for me, holding space is just being just kind of like a neutral observer. Um, when someone wants to like for me as a coach, holding space means when someone's like going into like a deep story or when they're just, just kind of venting all over me with just like what's going on, like the, just the craziness of their life. And it's, it's just, just being like kind of like a loving, um, like neutral witness to just whatever, like whatever they're sharing. Um, which, which oftentimes like as, as a man, like oftentimes that's, that's just what your partner wants. Like she just wants you to like be there with you 
and just listen when she's, you know, not, not to fix it, not to like jump in there, just to, just to listen to her mm-hmm. when she goes into that like emotional storm, which is normal because yeah. she's a human being. Sure. We, we love doing that as guys though. She's like, there's this bitch at work and she, da, 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 da. and you're like, you know what, what we should do is write a letter to your supervisor and then did it. And she's like freaking out, getting all stressed out. Because you plugged the hole that she's trying to let the steam out of, and you're trying to fix this problem. Meanwhile, she probably had lunch with that chick last week, and she just needs to call her and be like, you know what? That wasn't cool, and everything will be fine. And we're getting all worked up. I don't know about you. I get worked up. You know, I'm like, you know what? That, that I never liked her. You know? <laughs> now it's like it's getting into me, and now she's getting worked up even more, and I just made it way worse than it was. And if I just sat there and, like you said, held space, just let her kind of vent, I could – Probably well, one I wouldn't it wouldn't require any input from me, and two she'd feel a lot better and be like, "You ever you heard this, guys? Thanks for listening, right?" And you're like, "Wait a minute, that's all I have to do? Oh my god, somebody should write a book about this, right? Somebody should tell like remind me to tell the guys about this next time I see them. You know, this works. Chill yeah. out, t- take a step backwards, and just listen, hold space. I like that. Yeah, and the because I mean, for for most of my life, I. I think the typical male response, because we're so frightened of emotions, is like, whoa, whoa, like I, I'm going to jump on my motorcycle or like I'm going to be in the man cave playing Halo. Like, like you, mm-hmm. you figure this out, you know, or they'll say like, oh, man, like you're being really crazy right now. Like just, you know, I'm, I'm going to be over here. And when you're done being a little girl, let me know. Yeah. And, and to a woman that just, ugh, like that just feels horrible. You know, like, that just feels like, sure. man. So like this is a guy, this is a guy who. I can't trust. And, you know, and then she won't be able to, to open up to you. Just like, she won't be able to open her heart to you. She won't, won't be able to, you know, even open up, open up sexually. Um, when I, like when I learned all of this stuff, I learned it in the context of like sexual yoga, doing work with David data. And, was that the naked thing that you were talking um, about? Earlier? No, no, it wasn't naked. It was actually all with clothes. On. Yeah, that's um, but, but for me, it's like, I, like we were doing these partner exercises and just, just communicating, eye gazing. And for me, like I, I really got it of like, wow, just all, all a woman wants is for me just to like show the fuck up and like, and be there and, and like be that like loving emotional, you know, kind of like masculine, like kind of like be like that rock and, and, and not shy back and not be afraid of her and, and like love all of her, even kind of her like ugly, you know, ugly parts. And then, and then like once she feels that support, then, then she'll show you like the beauty that she's never showed to anyone else. Did you, Sorry, I'm hung up on this. Did you have to bring your own girl to the sexual yoga thing or did they supply? Um, no, 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 it was, I mean, so like, <laughs> um, it was, it was all with clothes on and there was like, like no kissing, no touching of sure, any yeah, kind of private of parts, but, yeah. um, no, it was just like, it was like 10 men, 10 women and just doing, just doing like different partner exercises. And, and it was, it was mainly just like a lot of breathing and eye gazing. I and, would be so ridiculously self-conscious. Cause I'm one, I'm terrible at yoga in general. And two, you know, I'd be sitting there near some girl, like working up a sweat, dripping all over somebody else. And then I've got to breathe and look into someone's eyes that I don't know. Yeah. So it that would be tough for me. So it wasn't like, it wasn't yoga, like yoga, I guess it was just like, yoga is just practice. It was just like, kind of like sexual practice, but, um, but like nothing, like nothing intimate, like nothing. It was okay, just literally gotcha. just like being in front of someone, eye gazing, doing different prompts, and because you know everybody listening to this is imagining like, yeah, some sort of <laughs> crazy stretching slash, you know, everything that guys think of when they think of sexual yoga that has nothing to do with the reality of what that actually is. 
All right, excellent. So, I mean, you've done a lot of of your own work, mm-hmm. uh, and we talked a little bit before the show about doing, you know, in the face of fear, take a bold step forward, getting outside your comfort zone. This show is outside your comfort zone. You'd mentioned before. Yeah, too. yeah. No, it's um, it's fun. When we were talking in the green room, I was like, yeah, I'm I'm a little nervous to go on the show, and because I used to listen to it, and like you've helped me a lot, and um. And, you know, I've done a ton of interviews and I've, you know, I've spoken in front of big, like huge audiences. I've spoken in front of an audience of 400 people a couple weekends ago, but yeah, something about this show makes me nervous because it's a, it's a big audience. And, but like when I shared that with you, one, you probably feel more, you probably felt more connected to me sure. and, and then two, just that nervousness went away. Yeah. And, and I'm like, I'm all about just like, just authentic communication and, like I, I really don't use pickup lines or anything. Like when I'm in front of a woman, it's just, I say what's on my mind. Like I, I just say, you're in the right place, man. Yeah, dude. <laughs> I, I just like, I, I praise her and I appreciate like why she's beautiful. I, I tell her how I'm feeling and, and there's times where I've, I've even been, yeah, like I'm a little nervous. Like, are you nervous? And then she'll be like, yeah, I'm nervous too. And then bam, just like instant connection. Right. And then that, all that baloney goes away. Are you in a relationship right now? Um, I yeah, I I'd say I have a partner who I've been like we've been for like a, like a couple months. So yeah. Okay, good for you. How did you guys meet? Um, we met on the internet. That happens a lot. Yeah. I, I met my girlfriend on Twitter. I used to make fun of people that meet girls online, and now I didn't even use a dating site. It just happened on Twitter. Yeah. Nobody even uses. I don't even use Twitter. I met a girl on Twitter, and I live with her. It's kind of weird. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's it's really and of course you know I I was nervous telling people that story because it makes me I'm in I used to think it made me sound like an idiot you know like you met some girl on Twitter what's wrong with you, you knucklehead but now it's kind of like scoreboard it worked out whereas before it was like you know hey mom uh so yeah I've been dating this girl how'd you meet Twitter what what is, what is that I don't even know what that is so I can I can totally see yeah. how that would happen so, were you in a discussion or were you like actively looking for girls on um no 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 i wasn't um it's uh just kind of like a friend of a friend and just things have progressed pretty well good for um, you how, how does she take it you traveling all over all the time um yeah it's fine yeah. yeah yeah does she come with you or is she just kind of like patient no nah, i mean she has like she has her own life and she just totally that's a good thing yeah <laughs> <laughs> she has like she has a lot of her own life so it's just um it's like i finally met someone who kind of meets me on like the physical and intellectual, emotional, spiritual, like we kind of meet at all levels Mm -hmm. and, and it's so easy. It almost feels like cheating. Like there's just like, there's no conflict and there's no anything. It's just, just kind of unconditional love and support. And, um, and we don't even really talk about future stuff. It's just like, I show, like I choose to show up every day and, and we'll even check in sometimes like, are are you still having fun? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, All right, cool. So am I. Yeah. So it's like, no, no obligation, no clinginess at all, and just just love and support. Do you think you'll get married and have kids at someday? Not with this girl. <laughs> I mean, don't like I'm not her mom. <laughs> so are you going to marry her? Are you going to have babies? Uh, do you have those? Do you look at the future and see that for yourself? Yeah, yeah, I do. Because so so one of my big things is like just anytime I'm given a fork in the road, I choose the path that leads to the most growth. And for me, you know, over the past couple of years, it's been quitting my job and traveling the world and, 
you know, for a while it was like talking to every beautiful woman that I saw and, sure. and you know, You're pushing yourself dating and that sleeping with them and, you know, that, yeah. that, that whole phase. And, but like, I know right now for me, it's my business, like just really pushing in my business and, you know, doing interviews that kind of scare me or like going really big in my, in my work. Um, I know that there's probably going to be one day where I'm going to look at that road and say, yep, I think it's having kids. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that sure. is, that is the scary thing. You mentioned choosing the fork. Well, when you see the fork in the road, choose the f- prong, I guess that leads to the most growth. How do you know what that's going to be? Um, normally, normally it just kind of, normally it just scares you. Yeah. <laughs> normally it just, it's the one where it makes you go, Ooh, I don't know. Yeah, that it, it just, yeah, yeah. it just kind of scares the crap out of you and, and, and you know, you want it, but then you're like, Oh gosh, that it sucks. And then, yeah, that's the, that's the road. That's the road. Huh? Nice. So one of the things that we had mentioned before the show is getting over, getting around, being hung up on the opinions of others. You write it as zero fucks, which yeah. is, you know, a good way to put it as good as any. What does that mean to you? And, and honestly, what's the practical application of that? Because it's easy, you know, a lot of guys, especially when they're starting the self-improvement and men's movement type stuff, they'll say, you know, I don't give a fuck. I don't even care. But you look at them and you're like, you care so much that you just every Facebook status is about how you don't care. Yeah. And then look at my car and I don't even care. And like, oh, I'm doing dating thing. and I don't even care. And my job sucks. You know, it's like you care a lot. So one, how do we know we're doing this right? And we're not accidentally giving fucks. <laughs> when we're supposed to have zero fucks. Yeah. So, so I'll, I'll tell the story of, of where that started. So I was, I was with some friends in Vegas and there were four of us and, th- and this was way before I did all this work and I was, you know, still shy. Like I, even today I'm still shy of like, I still get shy around mm-hmm. certain beautiful women. Like there's certain ones. So I don't want anyone to ever think like, Oh, these guys are invincible. Like they can, right. you know, like, like there's still people who, make me a little nervous and sure. like, and that's oh, okay. Cause, yeah, for sure. All the time. Cause yeah. I'm a human. Yes. Yes. Um, that should be the case. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, we were in Vegas and it was four of my buddies and just for some reason, you know, like those nights when you go out and you're kind of in your head and you're a little nervous and you just, and you're overthinking probably cause you're in Vegas and there's a lot of just like super hot chicks everywhere. And we just weren't being ourselves. And, yeah. and my buddy Elias goes, all right, he's like, let's just, let's just go, zero fucks tonight. Like, let's just pretend that we're just like hanging out in our living room and let's just get real silly. Like, and, and that phrase, it was almost like a light switch just like went off in our heads and, and instantly we're like, yeah, like who cares? Like, I don't, I don't know any of these people. And then we just had a super wild fun night talking to everyone. Just, you know, those, one of those kind of nights. And, and that just sort of became like a mantra for me. Um, anytime, yeah, anytime something scary or, you know, like anytime if I'm going to go, you know, if I see some beautiful women in Whole Foods and I really want to talk to her, it's like, you know, Zero Fox, I'm just going to go to go, go talk to her, tell her what I want to tell her and completely be like non-attached to the outcome. I like that a lot. I think, you know, you and I share this sort of mini mantra, which is that honesty is the greatest aphrodisiac. Mm. And I think this is great. And I think, again, along with Zero Fox, this is something that's quote unquote popular in the men's movement. But the reason the, the idea is a lot of guys do it wrong and a lot of guys are going, how do you do honesty wrong? Well, they'll do something where they're kind of being gross or like too forward. And they're like, you're really cute. I really want to fuck you or something. And then like a lot of people go, oh, he's so honest. He's saying, right, what's on his mind? I'm of the opinion that and there's some guys that do that and they get away with it. And whatever. It's fine. There's a lot of guys that do that, I think, 
almost as a screen that goes, if she rejects you, you go, well, you know what? I was just honest. And if she can't hang with that, then, you know, fuck her. That's bullshit. And they get really just kind of gross about it. And there's a big difference between being honest and being just a vulgar jerk to try to push people away slash reject them before they reject you. How do you know whether what you're doing is honest and authentic versus you're doing it just for slash shock value? I mean, it's hard for us to even be honest with ourselves as guys. How do we suddenly get honest with strange, beautiful women at Whole Foods? Yeah, I <laughs> I was going to say the same, like the same exact line too. Like, like sometimes there's guys and I'll just walk up to a woman and be like, yeah, I, I really want to fuck you right now. And, yeah. <laughs> and and of course the woman's like, who are yeah, you? Yeah, okay, rapist. <laughs> no thanks. Just um, want my kombucha. <laughs> um, so, so yeah. So how, how do you use like the sword of truth or like, how do you, you know, how do you be radically honest? So, so for me, my litmus test is, are my words opening her or closing her? So like, am, like, are my words serving expansion or contraction? So an example is like, I could walk down, I could walk outside right now and see like an overweight guy eating a hamburger and I could be like, Hey dude, you're fucking fat. Like, why are you eating that hamburger? Yeah. And nice. like, you should eat a salad. So, so that's, that's the truth. But that, like those words will, will close them down and they'll hurt them. And it's like, why would I, why would I even do that? So, so for me, like my litmus test in, in every moment with a woman is, is, am I opening her or am I closing her? And, and the way that I tell is I'm, I'm so present with her and, um, I'm watching her eyes. I'm watching the way that she breathes. Like, um, even just kind of like sensing, like looking at her shoulders, are they caving in or, or is she opening up to me? Um, so a, a model that I kind of came up with, and I really haven't talked about this much is like the way I see sex or attraction, it's, it's like A to Z and, and you have to go through every letter of the alphabet. So if, if A is walking into a bar and like making eye contact with a woman and Z is like putting your penis inside her, you have to go through every one of the steps. And so yeah, this isn't like a sobriety test where you do the <laughs> alphabet backwards. <laughs> so, so A might be like making eye contact. B might be just like holding eye contact with her. C might be just like walking up to her kind of slowly, like in your body, just really calm. D might be just saying whatever is on your, just whatever's on your mind. And, and E might be like, you know, just like touching her on her shoulder and F might be like reaching around and like grabbing her lower back and pulling her into you. And, you know, it's like, there's just sure, these kind of yeah, just escalation. escalation. And I think where guys mess up is they'll start at like F and G like they'll, they'll walk up to a girl and, you know, put their hand around her back and say, Hey, what's up? And of course she, she freezes and she like freaks out and she's like, who the fuck are you? And, yeah. and you've built no rapport at all. Like you just, you're just some stranger who totally, like totally violated her physical boundaries. Um, so yeah, so I used to do that. Oh, I was oh, just trying to see what I could get away with. Yeah, me too. Totally. Yeah. <laughs> and, and the sad thing, and the sad thing is that it works sometimes, yeah, right? Sure. So you might get like slapped or you might have some woman who like feels pity for you and sleeps with you or it's like damaged somehow. Yeah. 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 Or like just some girl's super drunk and just hasn't gotten laid. And, a year and oh cool like here's a man who likes <laughs> yeah. me yeah um but like are are those the kind of women that that you want to be partnered with like are those the kind of women that you want in your life and you know probably not like and and the kind of woman that you want um just needs to like needs to feel 
that you're a trustworthy guy. And, and a lot of that is just like slowing down and taking your time and building rapport and appreciating her. And yeah, just, I mean, all the stuff that sure, the interaction you guys map. teach. Yeah, yeah. The art of charm interaction map in alphabet form. But yeah, I totally agree with that. Of course. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, let's get back to the good stuff. Uh, one of the things that you'd mentioned earlier is you thought about what you would do if you only had a short while to live. And this is actually an exercise that we discussed before the show. And you do you, you journal out everything you'd do if you had a month to live. Yeah, yeah. So I, um, again, I, like death has been one of my greatest teachers. And um, I, I just came up with this exercise with, with a client one time. It just came to me and I said, Hey dude, like if like, not, this is not that this is going to happen, but let's just say you went to the doctor and you had a month to live and like, like really drop into that. Um, what, like, what would you do? Like, how would you spend it? And he, you know, and he just gave me a list of a bunch of stuff and, um, you know, it was things like everyone has the same list and it's normally it's, I'd, I'd call my mom and dad and tell them that I love them or I'd, I'd call my brother and apologize or I'd, you know, I'd, I'd call these people and just say, I'm sorry. Or I'd, I'd, you know, get clear with my old business partner who I, who was my best friend for 20 years, but then things fall apart and now we hate each other. And, right. and I'd, I'd probably spend more time outside and I'd, have more sex with my wife and I probably have like a big party for all my friends to come over and, you know, and they'll have a list of things. Yeah. And I'll, I take that road trip that I, that I've wanted to take and you know, that I've wanted to take for the past 10 years. And then I'll say, all right, like there's your homework yeah. <laughs> and do that stuff. Cause that's what you really want to do. Like that's, that's, that's the most important stuff to you. Not, you know, not like whatever you think it is. Um, so yeah, I just, I think whatever you want to do, people ask me all the time, like, Oh Mike, like what should I do with my life? And, and that, and that makes me sad and, and afraid that, that, right. that another human being is like giving his entire life and putting it in my hands. And, and my normal answer is just, just do what makes you happy and do what scares you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that's pretty much all you have to do. I get that question all the time. And it is kind of terrifying because of course, I'm like, well, you need to evaluate this and that, and that. But really, I'm just going, oh, man, I don't know. I don't know any more than you do, you know. But it is there are ways to get there. Uh, we do a lot of that. A lot of guys after AOC, especially when they get when they come to the boot camp or whatever, and they get sort of the fundamental stuff out of the way. Once you kind of handle certain areas of former where you formerly didn't have competency, a lot of times you go, oh, this other path is so clear now that I don't have to worry about all this other stuff. Or now that I have a lot of self-trust and confidence, I don't really need to worry about X, Y, and Z, which is the thing that like dominated their life a few months prior. And it's really nice. 
to to have that clarity because then a lot of people go, oh, well, I knew I hated my job, but I didn't have an alternative, and now I don't. I realize I don't need one, mm-hmm. you know, yep. or that I can find one. Uh, another thing is this energizes and drains spreadsheet. I was just telling somebody about this today. I really like this because essentially you decide who is a value add and who is a, a energy vampire in your life. You want to tell us tell us about this because this is really. I think everybody should just do this right now, basically. Yeah. So if, um, especially so for the guys listening on the call, like just the fact that you're listening means you give a shit about your life, which, which puts you, I'd say like in the maybe top 20% yeah. of, it's of funny you should say call. Cause we're actually live. I'm almost always not live, but this is the only time that it is <laughs> not a call. But, but for those of you guys listening on this actually live show, go ahead. Sorry. Yeah. Good job. Um, so yeah, so it's, it's so like you, you care about like, like you're doing the work, like you're trying to figure out this, this thing called women and sex, love and intimacy. And, and most guys never have the courage to even do that. There's probably, you know, maybe guys in your life who might like make fun of you for listening to the podcast. Totally. Like, There's like, a lot of guys that won't tell their friends about it, yeah. even though it could be the greatest gift they ever give their friend. Cause they know their friend's going to be like, Oh, that's gay, bro. Yeah. Or whatever. So, um, so I, I give this exercise to my clients because because my clients are guys who are like rapidly up leveling their life. Like they they want more from life. They're diving in head first. They're doing the work. They're whether it's women, they're approaching women or diving into their business. And then and then all of a sudden they kind of look around and they're like, wow, like I don't really have any friends who I like enjoy hanging out with anymore. So I I kind of created this this idea of a spreadsheet where you just take a piece of paper, you write a line down the middle and on the left, you write the word energizes and on the right, you write the word drains. So energizes are the people that you hang out with. And afterwards you actually feel better. Like you feel more inspired and the conversation's awesome. Like, like they're not always like putting you down in front of other people. And, and they're like legitimately good people who care about you. Um, drains are the people who, again, same thing, like, bro, that's gay. Like, where are you, where are you going to a boot camp? That's stupid. Yeah. You don't need that, man. Yeah. You're cool, man. Like, that's just stupid. You're an idiot for doing it. And it's weird. Cause it's like, I'm telling you this really personal thing and I'm going to help you get to the next level. And I've been working on this and they're like, that's dumb. It's yeah. like the ultimate rejection slap yeah. in the face. Or they, or they make you like feel guilty for like being successful with, with women or like for your business. And, and literally like they're taking their own pain and resentment for doing nothing with their lives. And they're like putting it on, on you. And, and the thing that I say a lot to my clients, and I think I've said it is that you are the creator of the movie script of your life. Like, like every day you make a choice to do everything you want. Um, and granted a lot of these things are habits, but it's like you, like you control every minute of your day, like whether you know it or not. So who do you want to hang out with? Like, do you want to hang out with, with people who are badasses, like make you feel good about yourself, like people who inspire you, or do you want to hang out with people who like make you feel like shit and make fun of your, like make fun of you for trying to better yourself or trying to like get this stuff figured out in your life. Um, so so for me, it's like, I give this exercise to my clients and then like the, like the, like the next step or like the pro level is take all those people on the left and then just throw a meetup with them or like have them over your house for a barbecue or like a football game and just say, Hey, like you guys are the eight most badass dudes I know in Los Angeles. And then you, you should all meet each other. And then you've kind of created your own like wolf pack or your own little tribe of awesome guys and then you get to create those connections and social proof and all that good stuff 
Yeah, it's that's uh, that's powerful to introduce people into that. What do you do with the people on the right that didn't make the cut? Um, just just kind of don't hang out with them as much anymore, or just you know, yeah, just just don't hang out with them as much, or limit your time. And some people will say like that that sounds horrible, or like that's a dick move to do. But seriously, who do you want to hang out with? Like, who do you want to be spending time with? The people that make you feel good, or the people that make you feel bad? It's got to be pretty tough to evaluate that. It's really easy to feel if somebody's like, I'm, you know, I hang out with Mike Krostowski today and I feel really good. But it could be tough if this other person who makes you feel bad is like, well, we used to feel good and we've known each other for a really long time, but lately not so much. How do we sort of draw the line between that person's having a hard time in their own life and making me feel bad versus this person's actually toxic and needs to go? You know what? I, I think just like follow your gut. Like I, I pretty much use like my gut or just intuition to make any choice. I, I don't do anything in my business that doesn't feel good. Like Mm I, I don't do anything for the money or like for exposure. And, and I've been offered a a lot of opportunities that just seem really yucky that they're just like, Oh, Hey, yeah, I I won't even go into it. Yeah. We can talk about that offline. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. Oh gosh. I I know you, you get inundated with those. (laughs) Yeah. Um, but yeah, for me, it's like, I want to, I just really take pride and just being around people that, that, that make me happy. And, and it's taken me a lot of work to get here, but for the most part, like everyone in my life is just awesome and they love me and they support me. And, and that feels really good. Cause I know for most of my life that wasn't the case at all. So absolutely. One of the, one of the major, I guess I hate to say trends, but mm-hmm. it seems like I'm hearing about it a lot in personal growth slash moving forward is, is gr- gratitude yeah. and showing gratitude, feeling gratitude. You have something called the greatness inventory, which I really dig because it's something that I think has been good for me personally, just figuring out what I'm good at, why I should be happy that day, especially, you know, you wake up rainy morning, you don't feel like it. Everybody has those days occasionally. I find for me, they're pretty much, there's probably one every six months or something, but you know, it happens. It helps to snap out of it. I think this is a great way to do it. What, what is the greatness inventory? Um, yeah, so it's, it's something that I came up with to combat the, like, I'm not good enoughs and, and the, I'm not good enoughs never go away. And I think when, when, when we had dinner, I asked you, I was like, yeah, dude, like, do you ever feel like a fraud or like, do you ever feel like, like, man, like, how am I giving (laughs) advice to millions of people? Like, you know, there, there's times where I, I, and I'm, and I am, I would put myself in like the point zero zero one percent of like confidence. Like I've, I've done a lot of stuff. I've done a ton of work, but there just all the time there comes up with these times where just, I don't feel good enough. Like, like I'm not good enough to like speak on that, like really big podcast or, Oh shit. There's like, there's Tim Ferriss or like Richard Branson. Like I want to talk to them, but like, I'm not cool enough. Or, right. Like what value could I offer yeah. this person? Yeah. Yeah. So, so I, I kind of created this exercise to just and I, and I think I, I asked a client, Hey, can you write me a list of like 30 things that like 30 reasons why you're great? And it's like, I'm great because this, I'm great because this. And I think so many times, like we forget all of the times when we kicked ass in our, in our body of work. And, and we're only like looking at like what we're staring at right now and, and just thinking, Oh man, I'm not good enough to do that. When, so I've, I've given this um, assignment to, to clients and they always send it back and, and I'll look at it and think like, Oh man, like, like you should be coaching me. Like you're, <laughs> you're one of the most like remarkable human beings. Like you've done all this, like, like you have a PhD and you like tried it for the Olympics or you, you know, it's like <laughs> yeah. you, you cured cancer and, and, and you're worried about talking to girls. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. You know, so it's, I, I think we, 
we forget all those times where we just like showed up really big or just had a big success. Um, so yeah, just, just take a greatness inventory, literally write down, I am great because blank. I am great because blank. And normally I'll tell guys to do like 30, 30 of them. Like if they're really down on themselves, I'll, I'll have them write a list of 50. And, and as they're writing it, it's like they're, they're literally remembering each of those memories and like kind of going back into the, the film strip of their memory reliving it and kind of getting that confidence boost in their body. And then they look at the list and go, Oh yeah, like I don't suck. I'm pretty badass. Yeah. So. It's, you got to collect evidence to combat that unhealthy belief system that you've adopted over time that says I'm not good enough. I can't do this, etc." And the only way to do that is to, just to collect a lot of data in a manual way. A lot of people will go, yeah, yeah, I know I can, I know I can do that. I know I can do that. But really it's, if you know you can do it, why aren't you doing it? A lot of times we have to manually collect that evidence, and that's a great way to do it. Tell us about this conference that you're running. Uh, what's going on with that? By the time you listen to this, you missed the first one, but maybe you can catch the next one. Yeah, so the, um, so the conference, it's called The Conference for Men, and it's, uh, it's in San Diego, April 25th through 27th. And 2013? 2014. And I created it because I, um, like as I traveled and... I talked to just hundreds of guys. I noticed two big, big pain points. And one was that like men don't have any like real deep connections with other men. It's a lot of just like posturing and like, Hey bro, you know, and, and, and a lot of competition. And another thing is just men are horrible at asking for help. Yeah. So bad at asking (laughs) for help. Oh my gosh. And, uh, and, and that's like, that's why most men feel like the weight of the world is on their shoulders because they just, they, they can't ask for help. And so I, I, I had this idea of just creating, creating a conference where, where guys can go and just kind of like dive into their life. And I have 20 speakers, just thought leaders and like spirituality and sexuality and relationships and entrepreneurship, um, guys with, I mean, some guys with like a decade, you know, decades of experience in this and just to create a, a room of just like really badass dudes who actually care about like making a difference in the world and care, you know, care about creating a life like worth living and a life worth writing about. Um, cause for me, I know going to conferences has totally changed my life and it's just from the people who, who I've met and the people who I've been introduced to, like they almost just like pulled me into this like wild new world of online entrepreneurship. Like pretty much two years ago I had had a corporate job and, and now I'm traveling all over the world and coaching, speaking and writing, but it's because I met some really awesome people who like saw something in me and said, yeah, like you should, you should probably try this out. Um, so it's just a place for, for guys who want more from life and who are actually doing the work. Right. And, and who aren't just like reading, like reading ebook after ebook and just like buying DVDs from Tony Robbins and never, never never listening to them. Like these are the guys who like actually are doing the work. So, um, just, just a room full of those badass dudes with a bunch of, um, amazing speakers and, um, and it's all, it's all experiential learning based too. So they're going to be doing a lot of exercises in their life, like a lot of comfort challenges. It's not the kind of conference where you go and hear a bunch of famous pe- people speak about how inspirational that their life is. And then you do nothing. And then you go back to your job on Monday and nothing's changed. Right. And you're like, yeah, I've got a lot of notes and books to buy and read later. Yeah. From the people who went and spoke. Yeah. So it's, um, yeah, so it's like, it's, it's actual doing work and a lot of small group work and a lot of like facilitated processes. Um, so, so my goal is like every guy to walk out, like feeling 
just like walking like a foot taller and having this like kind of like badass army of just other guys who who also like love and support him and who are into doing this work. Excellent. Thanks so much, Mike Krostowski. H-R-O-S-T-O-S-K-I.com. Really? <laughs> yes, I know. <laughs> Come on. Come on, dude. Yeah. It'll be linked to the show notes. Don't even try to type it in. Just go to theartoftrumppodcast.com, go to the show notes, and you can get that, and it'll be a lot easier. Thanks so much for your time, man. That was an excellent show. Cool, awesome. Yeah, thanks for the good questions. All right, show feedback and guest suggestions. We rely on you guys to help keep our finger on the pulse. So if you know someone who's a good fit for the show, let us know at jordanh at theartofcharm.com. Boot camp details for our live programs also at theartofcharm.com, and that's where you're going to find links to us on Twitter, Facebook, and other social media as well. If you're listening to this but you're not subscribed in iTunes or Stitcher or something like that, then that needs to change. Getting our shows delivered free to your phone or computer is the best way to make sure you don't miss a thing. You can do that by going to iTunes and searching for the Art of Charm podcast or by going to theartofcharm.com slash iTunes and clicking subscribe. That's really it. And you guys can help us. Subscribe in iTunes and give us a five-star rating. Write something nice and we will love you forever. Just go to iTunes.com slash theartofcharm and it'll take you right there. When you write us a review, it not only makes us feel proud, but it helps keep us up in the ranks so that other people who can use this information can find the show more easily to get the credible advice that they need. It's also the best way to support the show other than purchasing products and training from us. So tell your friends because the greatest compliment you can give us is a referral to someone else either in person or shared on the web. Now have a great week. Go out there and get social and leave everything better than you found it.